Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bringing Virtual Care Home. My name is Tina Nall, and I'm the Chief Clinical Officer for Anelto, a healthcare technology company who is innovative in the areas of personal emergency response systems and remote patient monitoring. My guest today is Ryan Eater, who is the founder and CEO of Include Health. And today we're going to be talking about managing musculoskeletal health through virtual care. Welcome, Ryan, and thank you for being my guest. Thanks, Tina. I appreciate you having me. Sure. So let's start today by having you tell the audience a little bit about your background and your foray into healthcare. Sure. Um, my background's in design. Uh, so uh, product design. So prior to include, I, I joked that I designed like golf clubs for Nike and TaylorMade and medical equipment for Ethicon and Stryker. Um, but I actually got into healthcare technically through my senior thesis in design school. And so I've always been really passionate and focused on lowering the barriers of accessing care. And actually include health started as my senior thesis after I saw a man in a wheelchair struggle while exercising. And so it originally started as an accessible piece of fitness equipment that later won some international design awards to create an opportunity to push it further. And as it developed, it evolved into a digitized accessible piece of fitness equipment. Um, but then through a partnership with Cincinnati Children's and collaboration with the Air Force, we started to get into computer vision and expanding our software beyond equipment. And so for the last three years, we had developed that expansion. We no longer do equipment anymore, but now really our focus is extending care beyond the clinic in hybrid care models. Wow, that's very interesting. Um, so can you tell us about the uh, importance of musculoskeletal care and how digital tools assist in caring for patients with those types of issues? Sure. Um, I mean, I think importance is tied to prevalence and one in two adults are impacted by a musculoskeletal condition or disease and that prevalence results in very high costs you know estimates range from 600 to 800 billion dollars a year to treat musculoskeletal conditions and so there's a lot of people that can benefit from care and also a lot of people that aren't accessing that care for a variety of reasons right there could be economic reasons logistical reasons you, you name it and so really the, the role that technology can play here is really to break down those barriers of access and being able to bring that care to the patient where they are. And, you know, you help them get better. You help free them of pain. You then alleviate the strain on the healthcare system, the cost of the country. And so it really has this domino effect and technology is kind of the, uh, the gatekeeper to that, if you will, in some ways. So what are some of the primary conditions that um, you apply your solution to? Sure. I mean, it really, if you think of musculoskeletal conditions, just think of where do I have pain, right? I mean, low back pain is very high prevalence. Uh, you then have hips and knees, shoulders, right? So, I mean, just any time you have aches, pains there, whether that is a joint replacement or just bumps, bruises, can you name it, sprains, uh, that's really where we're applicable. So we can treat the entire body. Um, across all different acuity levels. And it really just is um, extending that care from your local clinician into your home. So without your solution, these patients with these type of issues would have to go to outpatient physical therapy clinics or uh, th that kind of uh, treatment center. Is that what you're 
Yeah, I mean, if you think of if you think of a patient that has a musculoskeletal condition, you know, typically they'll end up going to their PCP first and an orthopedic specialist, and then you can get routed to whether it's imaging, to injections, to prescriptions, or PT, right? And then you go to PT, and then PT's been you know proven to be one of the most effective and efficient ways of treating MSK conditions. But it's you kind of ping pong your way down to that, right? And then even when you're there. The reality of it is, is you're seeing that PT maybe twice a week. I think statistically, it's like less than like 5% of your time is actually with that PT. So, so much of your recovery is actually dependent what you do outside of visiting with that PT. So that's where like, we're really big believers of hybrid care. And so that blend of on-site and remote based on what makes sense for that patient and really kind of if you think of PD at PT as like, you know, your dosage of PT being able to increase that quite a bit to be able to get you healthier quicker. Oh, that's wonderful. So um, what do you think um, could be other benefits of your platform? Well, it's interesting. At, at the end of the day, like we call it MSKOS, this musculoskeletal operating system. Um, it's, it's a movement platform, right? So movement is medicine. And that can be preventative, that can be beyond episodic, right? Go into wellness, you name it. And so what's really exciting for me is like, it is a platform to get people moving regardless of where they are in life, what they're looking to do. And while you can start an episodic care, whether it's fee-for-service or value-based care, you get pretty excited when you start expanding that, that access and getting into prevention. Fall prevention is a big deal that we work with. Um, and then being able to go into ongoing wellness programs to prevent future injuries. Wow. So how do you, um, what is the carrot that you put out there to get providers and or patients to adopt your solution? Um, I would sum it all up in access, right? Um, the, it doesn't, there's not a single carrot that makes a system like this works. We all know there's a lot going on in healthcare and it's, it's very complex. And so you really need to align a lot of these key parameters, I mean, you need to align reimbursement models. If those aren't there, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's that's just a stark reality, right? But then on an operational side, you need me to make it extremely easy to use and not disrupt clinical workflows. On a clinician side, you need to make sure it's comprehensive that they feel they can adequately treat their patients and it also doesn't disrupt their workflow. And then on a patient side, you gotta make sure that it is highly accessible intuitive, easy to use, and engaging, so you'll use it multiple times. And if you solve all that, then it all starts to flow, right? But that's, that's, that's quite the puzzle to put together. Yeah. So what are some of the engagement characteristics that a patient would experience? Yeah. So, I mean, the overall way this works is like when the PT creates their digital plan, it sends it to them via text or email. And they don't have to download anything. It runs on laptops, tablets, phones, any device with a web browser and a front-facing camera. And they go click that link and it gives them an overview of what they're gonna do that, that day. And then it talks to them and it guides them through. Um, and then it gives them real-time feedback on rep counting, their range of motion. So it's like, it's an interactive exercise program, right? Not just watching videos or looking at a printout. Um, so that keeps them engaged. Um, and then we have a variety of things Well, we could send them like pain surveys via text or email and other things, just how are you doing, just keeping them engaged in their care. And by doing that, I mean, historically, home exercise programs would get less than 15% of engagement. We see over 80. 
you know, the average patient is doing over 35 sessions on here. And so it's, you know, really exciting to see that level of engagement when again, movement is medicine, right? Yeah. So, so from a patient experience standpoint, what would be the typical amount of time that a patient would spend daily on their program? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's always going to vary based on whether you're MD or PT, what exercises they prescribe for you. In general, like we try to keep it like 15 minutes or less and, you know, be able to do a handful of exercises uh, in a couple different surveys on it. Ideally, you do it daily, but trying to keep it under 15 minutes. So um, does the program recognize improvement day over day and give the patient that kind of feedback? Yes, it does. So the platform is tracking your progress as you move along your program, right? And a lot of times that is tracked by rep counting is fine, but being able to like look at your range of motion and how it's progressing. And a lot of times a patient can't quantify that. Like you're not going to bend your knee and be like, oh yeah, that was, that was 37 degrees flexion. Right. But like when you can see that on a graph and you can see that mapped out, like, okay, I started here and now I'm here. And not only can you see that, but your clinician can see that and you can share and review that data together. That's, that's really powerful in getting someone engaged and feeling good about what they're doing. Yeah. So you mentioned 35 sessions, but um, over a period of time, how long do patients typically stay on the program? It all depends. And so that's going to be based off of really your provider. Like if you are engaged in traditional physical therapy, a lot of times that's, you know, four to eight weeks, right? Just depending. Um, if you're working with maybe your, your MD, your orthopod, like that could be much longer. Right. So it really just depends on, on how you got access to it. And that's an important piece is right now, like access to this platform is through your clinician. So your target market are providers that would use this to augment their um, otherwise in-person care kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. We work with health systems, physical therapy networks, orthopedic practices, and we continue to do work with the government, both the Air Force and the VA. Mm -hmm. Wow. Great. Well, so what's next for Include Health that excites you the most? Uh, I mean, the theme of this talk here is access, right? Uh, we just we just announced the financing that's going to fuel our growth. Um, and so we're excited about that. New partners coming on, which means more patients that we're able to help. Super exciting. Um, if you're really looking at tip of the spear of what you can do with the technology, we've been collaborating with the DOD since 2018. And I'm not able to go in specifics, but they're really helping us push the boundaries of what kind of performance metrics you can capture just from your front facing camera uh, you know, through a smart website. And so all that stuff is still years out of how it makes its way into the commercial sector, but we like to do that kind of collaboration. So you can map out what this is going to look like one, three, five, ten 10 years out. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm excited because this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier that um, reimbursement is key, but have you worked with um, health systems that are on more of a value-based model where cost savings is yep. as important as any revenue stream? Yeah, we work under both fee-for-service and value-based care. And so the predominant model under fee-for-service is remote therapeutic monitoring um, and, and being able to manage those patients remotely in between visits. 
Um, when we get into value-based care arrangements, there's a couple different ways you can slice those, right? Um, one of them is say you're optimizing a post-op bundle and looking to say, okay, maybe my patients don't need to come into the clinic 16 times. I can reduce that down to 10. Um, that's one approach. And then by staying more connected with them, you're able to reduce more downstream complications as well. Uh, the other approach is being more on managing the musculoskeletal cost across the covered population. Uh, we're always, you know, we are the technology solution, so we're always partnered with a provider, but we've got a couple of different arrangements where we are managing a population, whether it's an employer group or it is a health plan and uh, working in collaboration with that provider where, you know, they have, they have a condition that they need treatment on and they essentially get triaged of whether this is traditional care, hybrid care, virtual only care. And our platform is, is utilized as it makes the most sense to, to help manage the health and cost of that population. Yeah. So on the clinician's uh, side, on the clinical experience, who is typically reviewing the data that's produced by the patient and evaluating um, that patient's improvement or lack thereof? More often than not, it's actually the treating clinician. Right. And so if you think of like going into a PT clinic, it's the PT you see in person. And so it's like, OK, they did their on-site eval, understood what was going on. They wanted you to do these exercises at home. Well, now instead of a piece of paper or just kind of a blind fall along video, they're able to see what you did that comes back and they're able to help update that plan accordingly. Um, other times it can be your MD and they directly see it. Right. And so it's it's I think it's important to have that connection there where if you had that separate and you had your treating clinician was not the one reviewing your data and that was someone else, there's like this odd disconnect. And you're like, wait, whose patient am I? And are you really engaged in what I'm doing? Or do you just sign me up to this to farm me off to someone else, right? So I think that's an important piece of, of our approach to it. Yeah. So how is the patient made aware that the provider or treating um, partner is informed and if they um, are suggesting any modifications in the program, how does the patient hear about those? It's really like their next on-site visits. I mean, that's really kind of the beauty of hybrid care, right? And when, again, when it is, you're treating clinicians that's reviewing it. So, you know, you go in, they set you up on your plan. You know, we actually contact patients within 48 hours of enrollment to help them get set up at home for the first time. And then they can they complete their exercises and their home programs and then when they come back into the clinic you pull up their profile and you review that data together and then they say okay here's how you're doing and we're going to update this plan now for phase two phase three whatever makes sense so it really is kind of this this closed loop with the clinician and the patient mm -hmm. that's wonderful um the remote patient monitoring that um, we do at Anelto, the hardware does have video capability for a two-way communication channel, um, which would allow for just-in-time kind of adjustments or modifications or um, feedback if you see anything that is of concern kind of thing. So I'm just, I'm just thinking about how um, the synergy that could come from um, any kind of partnership or whatever. So, well, Ryan, I appreciate your time. Are there any closing um, thoughts that you want to share with the audience before we sign off? Just that it's an exciting time in care delivery. Um, with both the providers and the patients are exploring new ways of delivering and accessing care. And at the end of the day, it's going to make it more convenient and it's going to get people healthier. And so it's exciting to be a part of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. So, well, thank you for being my guest today. And for all of you out there, I hope you'll join us soon for another episode of Bringing Virtual Care Home and have a great day. Mm -hmm.